0: Yes, coming in hot with episode five of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean, and I'm joined by the Kiss of Death, Tipsa Jobber. How are you, mate?
1: <laughs> yeah, good. A um, couple of tough days, eh? yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I you and the boys just didn't do it for me. Um, they couldn't find a, they couldn't find a way past Manwar Neuer. Uh, might be know. might be the best nickname in football. Um thanks Thomas Moore for that pearl of wisdom. Um that got me thinking. So I thought what's the best nickname you've ever heard?
0: Well, football orientated. I've got some got some bloody like doozies that aren't football orientated, but football orientated um, is is easily um, Cesar Asper equeta. So Chelsea left back and right back. So um, come to the club relatively new. Chelsea are on an away trip. So they're on the bus. Um, he's sitting down the front because he's a bit of a noob. And um, you know the guy who, who you've got tatted on your chest, John Terry?
1: Yeah. So John Terry, <laughs>
0: to, John Terry yells out to the bus driver, oi, Dave. And then Cesar uh, ah, Asper Acueta turns around and then from that day on, um, the, all the Chelsea boys just called him Dave. So, yeah, bit of Spanish flavor, comes over to the UK and on his first away trip, he's now named plain old Dave. Um, so that, that really tickled me. What about you, mate? You, you, you must have, uh, apart from your own nicknames, you must have a, a long list.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I can, I can imagine John being a real handful on the team bus. Um, so <laughs> I've got a couple actually. <laughs> one, one of them um, is a former Premier League, no, he's a fairly average player. His name was Fitz Hall. Um, so that's funny enough. But someone when he was playing it older <laughs> gave him the nickname One Size. One What's size all. That's That's, the bad. that's very clever. The other one I've got, and I couldn't split them. Um, oh, you've got two? Yeah, I've got two because so I just couldn't. <laughs> buy the <other> one, though. <laughs> 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 all The one, right, the second mm. one is Dionne the- <laughs>
0: what do
1: you think oh <laughs> who, the is show, shower clearer <laughs>
0: Shower clearer!
1: The shower yeah, clearer! Right. Oh, I'll leave you. I'll leave you to figure out what that's about. Um, Who
0: knows? Who knows what that is?
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, that's probably one. It's less G-rated. Um, and a Coventry City president once commented, "I've seen a few, but um, there's nothing like the on Dublin's. It's magnificent." Um, so we got the nickname, the Shower Clearer. <laughs>
0: that's good. That's, that's really good. Actually, that's re- that's really tickle me. <laughs>
1: Oh, Feel Feeling oh, library stuff, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> good stuff to the,
0: good start to the pod. Um, so we might dive into the flavour of the pod. So we've got, to, we've covered the opening question. We'll um have dissect the two European finals that that have just been a couple of big games there. Um, then we're into transfer chat and uh, and of course the the mailbag. But we might start with um possibly the biggest fixture of the year. Um, PSG and Bayern in the Champions League final. So Bayern run away one nil winners. Um, thank God for Bayern that they've saved uh, football. Um, and they've now drawn third with Liverpool with uh, six European titles. So um, what did you what did you make of the game, mate? I think a lot. There was a lot of talk at the start about um, does Bayern have to change their their strategy? Do they press too high? And could the pace of um, Neymar, Di Maria, and Mbappe hurt them? But they didn't change, did they?
1: No, they didn't need to. I thought it was a, it was a funny old game actually. I I felt like PSG like really well. Both teams started fairly well actually. The, the pace of the game at the start was was extraordinary, um, and PSG had some really good chances early on.
0: Yeah, they did, didn't
1: they? Uh, but they just couldn't put it away some really disappointing finishing. And you could see they um, they had a bit of a plan to exploit Kimmich out on at right back. And try and use the pace of Mbappe. Probably heard on the pod uh, more than likely about their high press and flicking it over, but they just couldn't put it together. Um, yeah, I was I was a bit disappointed with the boys. What do you think?
0: Yeah, so well, you, I I agree. They sort of targeted um, Kimmich there, but he doesn't. He, I think full strength, um, he would probably move into the to the midfield, um, and and they'd play um, Pavard at right back. So obviously Pavard's been injured, so he missed that. So. Kimmich is just sort of doing a roll out there, so yeah, I think they had the right idea by targeting um, targeting that that right hand side of Bayern. Um, the, interestingly, that PSG had some early chances to, as you say, to to score. Um, Dembélé had a good chance; he just was too afraid to go onto his right foot. Um, Mbappé had a had a chance early, and um, and Neymar had a couple of, um, saved by by Neuer. So that's interesting that I thought that um, PSG had their chances early. If you went back to Bayern's semi and the quarter, um, both of the times there they gave up early chances, which didn't get converted.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think once once they put their foot on your throat, they just don't take it off.
0: They're just clinical, aren't they? So when when they have their chances, they, they tend to take them. I think like they didn't create as much, especially early as PSG, but when they got their chances, um, yeah, they sort of took control of the game and they're just a lot more – clinical um than um than psg were i think and that that's not only the psg game i think if you went back to as i said the quarter and semi um they yeah similar thing where they they gave away some chances but were just too too clinical same with the leon game in the semi um and in the in the uh, the quarters when they um, bashed uh, Barcelona, they did give away some chances and conceded too. But I think they were just too too clinical. I think they they probably deserved to to win that. Um, and I think the right team won on, on the day. Um, but I thought mayor of the match was Neuer, and I thought Navas had a really good game as well.
1: Yeah, Navas Navas did have a good game. Um, I. I I thought that Neuer was – like, it's disappointing to have a Champions League final and say the goalkeeper's best on in a 1-0. Like, it just wasn't – I think everyone was like, we're going to see goals. You've got two very good attacking teams. Um, But I just – I didn't think – I don't know. I just – like, having a keeper best on – So that's two years in a row, the Champions League final's been slightly underwhelming.
0: Yeah, but do you think it's underwhelming? I say I, I thought it was good. I, I really enjoyed the game. I know the, the first thing people look at is the scoreline, but I thought it was um, actually a really, really good game. I think the scoreline sort of leads you to believe that it was a cagey affair and both teams were nervous, but I don't think either team was really nervous. They, they sort of cracked straight into the game, especially PSG. They started really fast. It sort of reminded me a little bit of like two heavyweight boxers where um, – like no one was like scared of the other one, but they were just conscious that the other one could hurt them in a certain way. So I think um, Bayern were really conscious that PSG could hit them on the on the break, especially when um, they turned over possession in a bad area, and were just conscious of that. But I think Bayern weren't afraid of it, and and vice versa with with PSG. I think PSG were sort of understanding that Bayern could really hurt them and really could cut them up, but they weren't scared of that. So. Yeah, I think the the one nil scoreline's a little bit misleading to how the game actually panned out and played out.
1: But there was, I think there was a lot of tactical fouling from Bayern Munich too, which irked me a little bit. Being a, I want to see a PSG rapid counter attack, they seem to get a lot with get away with a lot of tactical fouls. Like I would have liked to have seen some cards a bit earlier um, and a bit more frequently. Cause in the 80th minute, he just started handing them out like nobody's business. Um, but there was just seemed to be a lot of tactical fouling.
0: Yeah, there's only four yellows for, for each team, so I suppose not a lot. You, you'd think that um, a lot of PSGs came late when they were getting frustrated. I know Neymar picked the his up late, but yeah, not not a lot of um, yellows and, and no reds in the game.
1: What about um, Chopper Moting? What was he doing? Yeah, he didn't
0: have a good game, I don't, I don't think. But I think he was, last minute, he was like busy.
1: But just last minute, like the. That flick? Oh, what was that? Yeah. Bloody hell, That's what yeah. got you kicked out of Stoke City.
0: <laughs> well, he looks – but that's – if someone was to say um, late on, a ball's going to get clipped across the six-yard box and someone's going to um, fling out uh, the outside of the boot to um, flick it into the top corner, um, who's it going to be? Oh, I would have put my money on Chipmote, I think. I would have said Reggie. I think if you want someone to um, sort of uh, ooze technique um, and, and stand, stand on his left foot – um, volley it with his uh, far foot, right foot, inside the foot, near the ball, into the bottom corner. You get Thiago to do it, but I think if you want someone to fling a leg at it and try and flick it into the top corner, the highest degree of difficulty, you'd um, you'd pick Chipmote.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, I would have loved to have been sitting here talking about another defensive howler, and uh, David Alaba almost gave me the ammunition, but uh, Mbappe couldn't convert.
0: Yeah I, I thought I thought um Bynes back four were good. I don't think uh, we touched on it at the start where we don't think they changed too much. I think they I think they were conscious of what could happen to them on the break, but I don't think they changed their style or anything like that. They pressed rather high and I thought the back four um, did really really well. I thought um, Alaba was good um, throughout the whole game and I thought Boltang was good although that's he looked a bit creaky. At, at points, just through through his pace, no, nothing else really. Um, and I think, yeah, they're only going to get stronger by him when they've got um, they've got Sane to, to come in um, on on one of the wings. Um, and yeah, they've obviously got Pavard, who's a World Cup winner, to come in at right back, which then frees up Kimmich to move into the midfield. So yeah, I think. Undeserved winners, and I think they're only going to get stronger. Um, so not a bad run from um, Hansi Flick, don't you think? He come in as an interim manager, and then he he's won the um, the cup, the league, and now the Champions League. Not bad from interim manager.
1: No, but I think I think um, Hansi Flick. I don't know if he's good or if Niko Kovac was that bad. Because um, I went and saw them. I went and saw them under. Was it just under Kovac or were they changed it over? It would have
0: been under Kovac, I think. Yeah, yeah, and
1: they they just didn't look half the team they did today. Like they
0: They, they looked brave, didn't they? They looked strong and brave. Like they, they knew what they were doing and they looked brave and and, and like sure footed in in their line and, and what they were trying to do. Yeah, they,
1: they seem they're not they seem organized, but at the same time they seem to play with quite a bit of freedom. Like Nabry and um Nabri and Coman. I thought Nabri was very quiet but Coman was excellent but he wasn't restricted at all. He just sort of went around, got himself involved as he pleased and then got on the end of one. But like the wing back's bomb forward, but everyone seems to know what they're doing but it's not it doesn't seem like as um
0: as robotic as, anything, as,
1: robotic yeah. as like a Barcelona sort of style. Yeah. So
0: um, what what about the actual goal? So do, we, do you want to dissect that a little bit? So the, the ball got sort of um, crossed in and then sort of half-headed away and went to um, Kimmich. At, at, um, he was playing right back, but he was sort of on top of the um, 18-yard box there. I thought Herrera could have got out to him a lot faster. I think if you watch the replay, the ball falls to Kimmich and then Herrera just sort of like stands still for a little bit and then late doors takes a couple of steps and sort of flings his body at it, where he was nowhere near it. And then when the ball got um, clipped in, um, obviously Koeman, um was nice and brave with his head coming across. What, what did you think of the actual goal?
1: Yeah, it, it, um, I think Kimmich is just, as you said, he's, he's a midfielder by trade. Um, it's a bit of a luxury right back. But like he can. Pick, if you give him time like that, he'll pick passes all day. Good delivery, um, yeah. Oh, it was a great delivery. Like Kimmich, the header was really good too, actually. Just mm. um, technically perfect across the keeper, low. But, yeah, look... Uh, there's not much. I don't think PSG is set up like that to be yeah. defending in that way. As you said, it's a, it's a high press or it's a little bit of a free-for-all.
0: What did you think of um, Kingsley um, getting picked in the starting eleven? He hadn't started the um, the semi or the quarter and Perisic um, got picked in front of him but, yeah, he got dropped and he went with um, Kingsley Coman. So what did you think of that? that? That surprised me a little bit to be honest.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's a, it's a good decision to have to make, but isn't it like Perisic came on and was good? His quality, yeah, he was
0: good. Yeah, um, just he didn't have the pace that um, Kingsley's got. Yeah,
1: that's it. I think it was just the pace that he he determined that they needed. Um, yeah. But Hans, Hansi Flick, he can do no wrong.
0: Yeah, so I suppose what happens to him? I, I think they they shore him up on a bigger deal. I would imagine that that's what's next for him.
1: Yeah, well, you'd think so. So they well, have still got Hernandez. Lucas Hernandez comes back in. Coutinho's loan is now over. Perisic's loan is also over. But you bring in Sane. Thiago leaves. So I imagine they've got to support him a little bit in the in the transfer market.
0: So what what do you do if you're if you're buying who who what not sort of who because that that will be too difficult. But in what type of position would you look to to strengthen? We you want to um, strengthen from. Uh... From a strong position, as in bring players in when you when you can just top up rather than sort of rebuilding, which is definitely their space they're in. So, what type of player would you bring in?
1: It's hard to say, isn't it? Because you imagine Kimmich comes, as you said before, Pavard goes to right back. Kimmich comes into where Thiago is. Sane comes in where Perisic is. Um, they've sort of already solved their problems.
0: Yeah, just the um, the support for um, Lewandowski. I know he plays a lot of games, but he's going to have another um, another year under his belt. He's going to be a year older, um, and he does play sort of every game for them. So I think they probably need a another option for, for him, really, that they can sort of rely on a little bit better.
1: Yeah, it's a hard one because, like, he, he doesn't seem to miss many games, and he's an absolute tank. Um, just always fit. Yeah. yeah, he's absolutely jacked. The other thing I thought was interesting was um, I was watching the coverage this morning. And a lot of a lot was made of Neymar's and Mbappe's reaction to the loss. Did you see the tears from Neymar?
0: Yeah, so I, I saw them. Um, so yeah, Neymar was breaking down and was almost um, inconsolable, whereas Mbappe was just sort of more. Um, straight-faced and, and just staring into the abyss. So, yeah, I haven't read what, what people are making out the difference is between the two. What what were they sort of saying?
1: So I think I think Neymar was criticised and it was a sign of uh, Mbappe's maturity and I just think that's absolute crap. Um, yeah. I, th- I just think okay. people display emotions differently. differently it doesn't make yeah. you more or less mature. It doesn't make you more or less passionate. You just display them differently. Um, and everyone's like, oh, Neymar's playing it up for the camera and. Um, Mbappe is so much more mature and level headed. I just think it's absolute rubbish. Um, Neymar's a very passionate football, like you see that on the pitch. Like, it, people just display emotions differently. So, I, I didn't mind it if he's upset. Um, he can display so it however bad. he likes. Yeah, if Mbappe's yeah. ice cold and he, he's, he plays exactly the same way, like he's absolutely ice cold.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think. Um, I, I hadn't read that the, the way people were dissecting it, but I just think it's just two different people reacting two different ways, isn't it? I mean, it's the same; they've gone through the same thing, and they're two different people and reacting um, differently to it. The other thing which I thought was uh, made a lot of was the celebrations between the two teams um, after the semi-final. So, did you see Bayern's um, mood and players after the semi-final versus PSG's players and mood after the semi-final?
1: You just you just pick your bias. You pick the narrative to your bias, don't you? If they win, yeah, so, you're like, oh wow, PSG yeah. so happy. What a cohesive unit. Um, if they lose, oh, what a ba- what a bag of idiots running around. Um, they played
0: their final too early. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah. I just I don't read into that. I think it's 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 whatever narrative you're hoping to support, you pick that and go with it.
0: No, I agree. I think for those who didn't see it, um, after the the game, PSG was sort of jumping around in the change room, singing songs, taking photos, like piling on each other and you could misconstrue that um, as though they just won the final and then they crossed over to, to Bayerns and, yeah, it was just more um, relaxed, somber, just sort of the mindset of, oh, we've got one more game to go before we actually win something.
1: So what about so, little old PSG now? What happens to them?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I don't think they're they're going to lose any of their their players. I don't think Neymar or Mbappe is going anywhere because of the the financial market that we're in, and no one can snub up the cash to to pull them out of there. So I think they're going to keep their their nucleus. I think what they need is to probably bring in some more experience. Um, in the Champions League, if that's what they want to do, because they're clearly trying to build their team to win the Champions League, um, and then just keep a hold of their players, I think, yeah, they're, they're in a good position to have another run at it. So I don't think they need to do too much. Probably just um, just bring in some experience, and if it's if it's anywhere that they're lacking, it's probably um, in, in the midfield for me. What, what do you think they do? Do they do they go to the market? Do they hold still? What, what do you think?
1: I think I think that the today they were a bit unlucky in the sense that Variety was obviously underdone. Um, so I think he has a big impact in that team, and he, I think he balances them out better. Um, but yeah, I think I think they need to replace Thiago Silva would be first priority. They obviously are probably a good young. Set. He's going. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, Kimpembe hasn't convinced me, uh, but I think Bernati is enough. So I don't think there's much there. But I just think yeah that that central defensive void um, needs they need to do something about that. And outside of that, I think you get same sort of team. But I just can't see them not investing heavily in the summer like they'll they'll make a marquee signing because they got so close and I don't think I don't think that um the Sheik would be like oh well we need to start sacking everyone off he's like we're that close Mm. Uh, he might sack Tuchel for the hell of it um but but yeah I don't think they need to do too much I think they've still got they've got a good squad and they seem quite settled too now which is the best they've looked in years obviously
0: yeah, I think apparently they have um, really good uh, camaraderie and stuff like that. They hang out together at, sort of outside the club. But, yeah, I don't think they have to do too much. They The game, they could have easily won today's game and, and been um, champions of Europe. So, no, I don't think there's too much they have to do. Um, and so you touched on Tuchel. What, what do you think happens to him? Does He, he keeps his job in and goes around again, um, hopefully without a moon boot next year.
1: Yeah, unless... The Sheikh breaks his other leg. Um, I don't know. They've, they've got there's apparently there's a reputation for doing such things. Um, yeah, I think he goes around again. He's done. He's done everything he can. Like he's the closest they've ever been to winning a Champions League. There's no one better out there to replace him, based on the job he's done. He's won the league in a canter, Champions League final. I think. Yeah, I think he goes around again. I think he improves that team again.
0: Yep, I agree. Um... So, yeah, a couple of tweaks for each of those each of those teams. A- any more on the um, Champions League final or should we go to the second tier?
1: I think we're going to have to head over to the second tier and Romelu Lukaku's first touch getting him into trouble again.
0: Big Rom. Um, so th- this was, uh, for the neutral, this was a great game to watch. So um, Sevilla won 3-2. Um, a penalty believe it or not given away by um, Diego Carlos so that's a bit of a shock three games in a row gave away a pen um, and so Sevilla now yeah 6 from 6 in Europa League um, finals and so they've, they've done quite well there but i think we've got to go straight to the biggest talking point Conte's hair and the <laughs> <hint of fire>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's see if the hair piece is real What
0: do you think Oh <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it's was very clever from Benega but he's he's not a uh, He's not beyond a good bit of shit I think. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't like it, did he, Conte?
0: No, he was he was rather offended by that. So um, Conte sort of got the um, the reverse. So he's had no hair when he's playing, and now full head of hair when he's a manager. Um, but I think I think Conte takes him in a fight. Conte, he seems a bit more straight to me.
1: I think Beniga bites, so it'd be look it'd be a fight. Everyone, I think everyone would love to see. Sadly, um, Eva Beniga's off to Saudi Arabia now, and Antonio Conte might be unemployed. So I don't know how their paths are going to cross.
0: Yeah, they um, they look to be going very different ways. So um, yeah, Beniga he's obviously um, going for football reasons out to Saudi Arabia. So <laughs> that's good. Um, and yeah, Conte. I mean, I was looking forward to the. Um, Second year blues, but um, I don't think we're even going to see a second year by by Conte. Apparently, um, yeah, he he could be moved on. So, what do you see in his future? A sabbatical, or does he stay on? What do you think happens?
1: I think he stays on. I think he's just. I think he's grandstanding a bit to get some more money in the transfer market. And like he's got, he's done, he's done a pretty good job this year. Like Europa League final, and um, and uh, second in the Serie A, weren't they? I think in the end. So that's not too bad. Um, you take that as a pass, Mark, building forward with the United Reserves. Um, he might pick up Chris Smalling in the summer, maybe Phil Jones as well. You don't know. Um, he's, um,
0: yeah, he, he, could, he could dive into that, Manchester. Um, because now he's gone through the first team, he might as well go through the reserves. But I think he's going to be too expensive to to, um, to sack. So I think he's the highest paid manager um, in in the league. And so, um, yeah, if they sack him, they're going to have to cut a pretty big check. Um but speaking of cash, um, Inter their wage bill is eighty five percent larger than Sevilla's, um, and they earn over two hundred million euros more a year than Sevilla. So, yeah, Sevilla were up against it, but um, got it done.
1: Yeah, they were, I think they were the better side overall. I was a little bit, um, a little bit surprised at how many goals there were. I thought this would be more cagey, um, just because it's final. But they they both really went for it. I thought. Uh, Diego Carlos could have been sent off. I thought he was very yeah, lucky so, down the pitch.
0: So he got his first um, yellow in the third minute. And then what, what was the second one? Or you just think accumulation of fouls? Just
1: accumulation of fouls. Yeah. Um, and then he gave the penalty away as well.
0: He did. Yeah, he gave the penalty away. Yeah.
1: So, and like he, he easily could have been sent off. Just He's, he's a funny old player. Like he seems quality at times. And other times you look at him, and you're like, oh, he's probably not up to it. But that was a wonderful block yeah. going nowhere yeah. near the goal, which um, yeah. Rom last home.
0: Great finish by Lukaku. No, you, you saw the best and the worst of Carlos in, in that game. So you saw, you saw the bicycle to win it um, and then you saw the third-minute penalty, um, him giving it away, and that was the third penalty in three games. So, yeah, you see the best and the worst of him. So I think like, he's obviously got some ability. You just need some coaching on that. Uh, Sort of chilling out, or or, or his decision making. Um, but did Newcastle United miss a, miss a trick um, with Jong? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's a it's a redemption story, isn't it? Because he was honking at Newcastle.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's not going up. And at pad- PS, PSV, he was okay, but he wasn't doing these type of numbers, no.
1: No, but I think I don't think he's doing. He hasn't been doing these type of numbers all year for Sevilla. But I think he went to Newcastle at a very bad time too. Um, so I think that needs to be taken in context, but yeah, like pops up when they need him, twice.
0: Great goals, yeah, yeah
1: good goals. Um, that head, that first header, I thought was really good, um, but like there, yeah, I suppose it's just a redemption story again, isn't it? Another Premier League reject, coming good in Europe.
0: Yeah, I think there, there seems to be a lot of those stories, which uh, like, I suppose I was a little bit shocked by that there are that many stories running through the Europa League, but I suppose when you think about it. If it's a second-tier European competition, of course, you're going to have these type of stories coming through there, right? So someone who's at a big club falls out and just has, an, has another crack at a slightly lower level than, say, the Champions League or some of the really top teams um, in the big five leagues. So, yeah, when you think about it, it's not really really that shocking. Um, so are you annoyed that um, Chikorito gets a winner's medal despite playing for LA Galaxy? He played enough games in Europa to, to qualify for a winner's medal. So he's picked up a winners medal despite playing for LA Galaxy. Does that does that annoy you, or you're okay with that?
1: Chicorito got a winners medal. I did yes, not know that. Right.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. he's done enough. Another,
1: another bloody Manchester United narrative in here. Um, yeah. yeah, look, I think he's done enough. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <more and laughs> yeah. one. Yeah.
1: Giving him out. Um, no, that's that's very interesting. But Shocking, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's probably done in Europe anyway. No, but I think it's good for Severe too because it looks like. I, I don't mind them as a football team. I think they, they play very entertaining football. Um, good set pieces too, which I like. And it's a team of players that they're kind of misfits. Like some of them are coming through. But as you said, like, there's a lot of people that it's kind of the second tier. Like even Beniga's been a basket case his whole career. As you said, Luke de Jong's been sort of kicked out and whatnot. Diego Carlos, 25, bit of a late bloomer. Sergio Regulon, not wanted by Real Madrid. So it's, I think it's a bit of a good news story. West's Inter's got a very expensive assembled squad, um, which is a, a big club and an upward trajectory. But Sevilla is a, a different story, and I think I think it's quite a good win for them.
0: Yeah, I think they just—I think we've touched on this before—they just seem to specialize in this competition. Like I don't know what it is about it, but they just seem to to be um, yeah specialists in this. So yeah, they walk away with. Um, Nine million euros, so um, potential to to go to the the market there. Did what do you think? What do you think they need? I suppose they're not going to sign any type of headline players, but they're just going to get some of these players that they sort of pick up. As you say, they were just sort of loose ends, and once they bring them in and tuck them into the the system, um, the players just seem to um, to thrive. So, if you're Sevilla heading into the transfer window, what what do you looking at? What do you need?
1: With nine million euros, not much. Um, but
0: that, that's what they sign. You look at the their, their team. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I so I'd like. I think they're a hard team to see who they're going to sign because, it, it, like, I guarantee lopetegui has got an idea in mind that's going to be completely unique and no one's ever going to be able to see. But I don't like. I think you got to work hard to hold on to Regulon. that That'd be the biggest one because I know he's on loan yeah. from Real Madrid. You got to replace Eva Beniga. I don't know how because um, he he is the hub of that team right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think and it's just, I think it's more focused on getting players on new deals. Like you've got to hold on to Carlos. Um you've got to hold on to the other centre back. Um and I think it's just keeping it, Lucas of is linked with Wolves today. So I think you just gotta use that nine million um to get some bigger de- get some bigger deals for your current players and then try and replace yeah. the irreplaceable Beniga.
0: Well, yeah, Well, obviously um, Lopeteg is going so it's a, it's a matter of I think they've got to obviously bring in a, a new boss and, and go from there to see what what he wants to do and, and, um, and who he wants to bring in. I think that they run a, a bit of a model where the manager doesn't have a lot of say in that space. They, the director of football sort of picks the players and says here's your bunch, go and manage them. So, yeah, it be interesting to see um, who they bring in. Um, anything else on the Europa League or should we move on?
1: No, that's that's it for this year. That's a Europa League wrap, I think.
0: Both of both of the European leagues, um, both done, and we are officially on break now as well. So there you go. But thank God the qualifiers um, are back soon. Yeah, I know. The actually one of the qualifiers got um, postponed. Um, three of the players had um, corona, so um, it got postponed. But um, so the European leagues now go on holiday. Um, here at the pod, we don't. We just move on to transfer chat. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was heavily criticised this week because apparently I don't hear the second bell. Um, so for all you listeners out there, I have caught on and I shut my mouth for the extra three seconds. So <laughs> the,
0: the first- a little, snuff at, a little snuff at the listeners there. Yeah. No, nah, fucking. <laughs>
1: um, no, look, I, I'm all for the listeners and I'm happy to change my behaviour to suit them. But the big one. So Thomas Tuchel was interviewed after the game by a very clever interviewer. And he asked the question that's on everyone's lips. Would you welcome Messi to PSG? How do you think and I responded?
0: presume his answer was no, he wouldn't fit into the system? Or what, what did he say?
1: <laughs> no, he said Messi would be welcome at PSG. You've got, mm. <laughs> you've got yourself a transfer, rumour.
0: <laughs> oh, great. And then after he, after he asked that question, he went straight back to Arsenal Fan TV, did he? Yeah. Or- <laughs>
1: <laughs> Um, no, uh, so Messi to PSG. I, I don't think this is going to happen, sadly. Uh, but Tuchel's given all the right messages out and the journalists are asking all the right questions. So, on to a potentially real transfer. Um, Thiago Silva played his last game for PSG. The, uh, the brave skipper, I thought he was quite good, actually, to be honest. He did a really good job on Le- Le- uh, Lewandowski. Yeah. Um, but he's off to Chelsea, apparently.
0: Yeah, so I have heard this one. I think um if you're Chelsea, I think well yeah, why not pick him up. I think this is as long as you can afford his wages, which Chelsea clearly can um with all that that juicy TV money and there, I don't think there's an there is a fee attached to this. I think he comes on a free bosman, so his his wages are going to be um, quite substantial, but I think it's a good move for uh, for chelsea they need some strength in, in that position um and I don't think he, he's going to play every game especially the the pace of the um the prem coming from uh, liga um he's not going to play every week but I think it's a good good signing he's one of those guys where if he's out there um you go and get him I, I don't mind this and I can see him in a chelsea shirt you know what I mean you know when you pitch your players and you can't see them in that shirt I see him in a chelsea shirt what do you think of this do you think frank's gone down the wrong path here or um, it's a good signing
1: yeah, he's thirty five
0: oh, years
1: old. Have, yeah. No, thirty five years old. He's already rich. He's gone to the one place where he might be able to get richer. Um, so he's gone from Arab oil money to Russian state funded oil money. Like it's it's good that he has a theme in his career. I I think it's going to be fine. Like I think it's a it's a good signing because he's experienced. He's been there. He's done it. I do worry about a thirty five year old going to the Premier League for the first time.
0: Yeah, he's not going to play every week though. So he might, yeah, he just feature in some cup games and he, he can play in some continental games for them as well, I think.
1: Yeah, but yeah. He, does, he does bring a good bit of leadership to the team too. And I think there's a, there's a fair few youngsters floating around Chelsea that would benefit from his experience. Um, but I, th- I think Frank needed to get defenders and we've criticised him previously for not signing defenders. Maybe he'll start Thiago Silva up front. I don't know. Maybe he thinks he's a striker. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but no, I think, I think he'll, he'll, he'll definitely bring some value. I don't know if to, I was surprised Everton weren't in for him with um, Carlo Ancelotti, but they might still be. This isn't confirmed. So, but outside of that, I think it's a good signing.
0: Yeah, no, nah, and and the wages. do You think it's unreasonable to to get to those wages, or will he take a, a haircut to, to go to Chelsea? Do you think?
1: Oh no, he's going. He's going bags of money here. Yeah. He's not. He's not. He's not leaving PSG for for the footballing reasons. He's, he's trying yeah. to buy a small island.
0: Yeah, well, he's he's getting the boot from PSG. So I don't think he's going on um, on his own accord. Is he? he PSG are giving him a, a friendly push out out the door.
1: Do you give him the armband straight away? I
0: don't. I don't think you do. I think Frank still wears it on the side.
1: <laughs> Took it off Dave.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Dave. Yeah, that's clever.
1: All right. So uh, Matty Longstaff, yeah. he's finally come home. He's resigned with Newcastle United.
0: Yeah. See, I thought this was a misprint. I don't know why this is in the running order. I thought we were just. Yeah, anyway, um, no, I think if you're Mike Ashley and you have a threshold of locals to keep inside your squad, I think you sign him. Uh, I think that's all I've got to say on a long staff. I don't want to spend too much time on it. What do you think?
1: I love this one. I think Mike actually re-signed him so he can sell him. Um, if, he leaves, if he leaves on a free, he was on like 600 pounds a week or something. He could have made more at McDonald's. Um, yeah. So he walked and then he was playing a waiting game. and Apparently, he was off to the Serie A, but Mike Ashley's got him back. Um, He's going to fatten him up again and sell him for $50 next summer.
0: Yeah, Mike Ashley blinked first, the cowards. There you go. (laughs) (laughs)
1: He'll sell him at Sports Direct. Um, The big news (laughs) coming out of Manchester, Paul Pogba is staying at Manchester United.
0: Yeah, but is that big news? I think everyone knew that. I think Oli had to face the press every single week and say, "Um, yes, Paul is a wanted player. Paul is going to stay here. Paul wants to play for us. So. I mean, I think that I appreciate that that issue was up in the air, but I always thought that he was staying, especially in this market, similar to um, uh, Nene Mbappe. You can't really pay that type of bread in this market to get him out of out of that club. So I think he was always going to stay there. But I think if, if you're United, he seems to be happier since um, he come back from, from the break. And he seems to be moving um, quite well with that troublesome um, ankle that sort of um, he's moved on from. So I I like it. I think it all makes sense and you would never move him on unless you really had to and he seems to have found his position now that he's playing a little bit deeper um, and you've got a wing nut playing in front of him. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it was good from Mino Riola to answer the question that no one asked. Um, So, (laughs) I don't want to read too much into it. Great news, Paul, Uh, but nobody thought you were leaving. So, moving on. on. this market,
0: it's crazy, right? Isn't that? No one's going to stump up that type of cash. I don't
1: even know if you can fly to those countries that he think he's moving to right now. Um, So, (laughs) speaking of flying to another country because of COVID, Mino Llan landed at Barcelona for training after a... A funny transaction involving Arta where they were not swapped but they were both sold for the same fee. Um, So he's arrived at Barcelona and he has COVID-19.
0: So uh, he's arrived with a nice little present for Barcelona. (laughs) What what do you think of this? Is he going to get any game time? I mean, this doesn't seem like the the best signing. This seems like a depth signing for me. What do you think?
1: It just seems so weird. He's 30, or is it, no, 31? So he's over the age of 30, plays centre midfield, where they already have a bunch of over 30 defensive midfielders.
0: Yeah, he's 30.
1: It it seems like such an unusual signing. And to sell Arta, who's younger, um, just seems very unusual. In Koeman's defence, this happened before he arrived. Um, I don't know, what do you think?
0: Yeah, just more weird transactions from Barca. I think it just continues on from um, from all their other weird transactions but it doesn't really make sense i can't see him breaking into the first team and, and sort of holding down a, a first team spot for a lot of the season so i think he's just going to be a bit part player um, and yeah he doesn't really fit fit for me but um, 60 million was the, the swap fee so there you go yeah
1: so it's, it's no like it's just a, it's a very weird transaction but he'll be back in the Serie A within 12 months i think do you think um, yeah yeah i do and so back to the Serie A the world's greatest cheerleader, Pepe Reina, went to Lazio.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, And I think that is going to be the main reason that he's there. I don't think he will play. How old is he now? He's
1: got to be 38, doesn't he? Uh, He's 60-something. But they've got Strakushka, who's very good. Um, so he will not get anywhere near a team sheet, Pepe.
0: Yeah, which I think I think he's okay with, right? Um, I think you've got on the running order here, um, cheerleader, which he very much is. You watch him any games for um, Spain in the last sort of five years. Um, yeah, he's very much a cheerleader. Um, no game time. And I think, yeah, why not um, go over to, um, to Lazio um, and just serve balls at the first team keeper while you sit on the bench and collect the check? What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, it's it's good. I think he accidentally played for Aston Villa in the second half of the season there, and I just don't think that worked. That's not what he wanted. Um, no. but, so, <laughs> too much game time. Yeah, he's like, yeah, this isn't this isn't why I play football. Um, so he's, yeah. he's left and gone off he's to the gone. RTO. yeah, get cash yeah. check. So Freddie so, Ingburg left Arsenal.
0: Yeah, so I can't believe he wasn't was, played recently, has he? <laughs>
1: Uh, he played at West Ham. That went well.
0: Um, that was, no, what, what was his role? What was his role at Arsenal? He was, he had a, he
1: was the assistant manager, I believe. Um, and he's assistant left. manager,
0: okay. Yeah.
1: I don't know if that's part of the wider redundancies and if you're a conspiracy theory um, advocate, then potentially there's something in it. But outside of that, he's, he's ended his association with Arsenal, which is quite yeah. sad.
0: Yeah, I think, I think it's sad. Um, he just obviously doesn't click with uh, Arteta or Arteta sort of yeah, kept him around for the for the season to sort of see it out and see if, see if they could work together. But uh, that's all it is for me. I, it just reeks of um him not being able to work with um Arteta. What, what do you think? A little bit sad for Arsenal fans, or or you're okay with it?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. But I think Arteta's making a decision to start afresh. I think. Um, yeah. Okay. It's, it's it's sad, but look, that's it. Jumper, that's it. Jumper and his shit haircuts off.
0: What? <laughs> so, um, speaking of legends, um, Vinny Company retired. There you go.
1: This one hurts. This one what's really gonna, hurts. What's he going to do? He's going to be a manager.
0: Of course he is. He's Which, gone straight
1: up yeah, You don't like to see that. So there was a there's a critical step missing in his manager title now. Player. Player. <laughs> you, yeah. you do not see enough player manager. And granted, it went terribly. <laughs> yeah. but I, I just think that the game still has to have those beautiful little moments. Where you're on the touchline, you're firing out instructions, and you go, "How am I going to solve this problem? I'll bring myself on." Yeah,
0: yeah. What you is, want, a, what a what of, you want like, to see? <laughs> you want to see a bit of uh, a bit of um, Kenny Douglas or a bit of Gianluca Vialli or a bit of Graham Soonis with the um, player manager style. So, yeah, I'm a bit disappointed, but I think that's that's always where he was. His career was was going, wasn't? He, he was always interested in in management, um, and I thought that he could have probably stayed hung around at City for a little, for maybe one more season, um, before he did that. But I suppose, yeah, he, he's doing what doing what he wants to do. He's obviously got a bag of cash, can't do much, achieve much more um, in the game. So yeah, why not move into into management?
1: Picture this, right? Uh, Thomas Tuchel he's on the touchline, sitting on the esky, pops the boot off, and starts striding down the touchline to warm up. Bring yourself on, Thomas. Like that's that's the last great player manager, and it's it's quite disheartening for the pod because I am a massive fan of player managers.
0: Yeah, the, yeah, I think we're a huge fan of that. Everyone is on, on the pod, but um, like I mean, Thomas, if you if you got a sore right foot, just play yourself in the left wing. No, no, no worries. There.
1: Um, Three kicks.
0: Speaking of one-sided players, Ben Chilwell. Um, the rumours of him going to Chelsea are really starting to heat up. Um, what do you make of that?
1: Oh, they're back, aren't they? I think, wow, I think they went away, now they're back. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's obviously focusing on the Thiago Silva deal maybe. Um, but I think I think it's yeah. I think it's good for all parties. I think we spoke about this before. If they can get over the line, I think that's a good deal for Chelsea, but if Leicester can get the cash they want. Happy days. What do you think this one hits close to home, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, this one hurts a bit. I think um the the fee's 50 and that is obviously too much for for Ben Chilwell. So, I think if you're Leicester you sort of you have to take it, but I think at some point, Leicester are going to have to make a decision. Are they a um, sort of a top four, top five, top six club and, and they don't sell to um, your Chelsea's and your Manchester United's and and those those type of clubs um, and you keep hold of your players um, or are you a selling club and you are genuinely in that second tier? So, I think, yeah, they're, they're having a bit of a identity crisis at the minute to work out sort of what, what they are but... I would like to see them hold on to, to Chile and just make a statement, um, and then have a have another crack at the the top four. And and obviously they need to bring some players in to do that. Um, but I think that the money and going to Chelsea is still um, yeah more of a incentive than sort of um, playing for playing for Leicester. So I think he will move on. But I think Leicester will definitely not miss Chelsea um, in terms of the transfer fee fifty mil for. Ben Chilwell. Oh my god! <laughs> what do you think? That's too much.
1: No, nah, I think I think that's that's Chelsea will pay that.
0: Um, they, they'll pay it, but I mean, you I, if if he's French, that that price tag is twenty five mil. But if he's mil.
1: French, he probably signs for Arsenal. Um, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on. So that's that's uh, that's nice. So I think we should move on to the mailbag.
0: All right, let's do it. Everyone's um, absolute favorite. You've got mail. You've got mail. Let's do it, mate. And so let, let, let's open up with the um, email address and then we've got to remember to close with it too. Yeah. Otherwise, um, otherwise, we're going to be uh, slim picking, but not slim pickings this week, are we?
1: No. So we've got quite a bit of mail this week. So that's football played on paper at gmail.com. Um, so get in now before I start my fans only page because that's where the real premium content's <laughs> is going to be. Um, so the, the first... Uh, Letter we have this week, or electronic letter, if you're that way inclined. Hello, lads. Long-time listener. First-time emailer. That's great. Um, With Bayern and PSG making the UCL finals and both playing in Farmers Leagues, do you think the competitiveness of the the EPL is a disadvantage for English clubs? Juventus have also walked in and seem to always go deep. What are your thoughts? Cheers, Shane.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, they they definitely are farmers' leagues. There's, there's no doubt in that. But I think the I think the the leagues are nowhere near as strong as the the prem. I think the prem it just the teams go deeper and are stronger further down the league. Whereas some of those other leagues you mentioned, the the farmers' leagues, um, they're they're strong at the top and then it just drops away real fast. That's that's why I think it, when you see um, see these teams play in Europe, England. Teams necessarily don't have the, the greatest record, or I mean, they, they do quite well. They won a bunch of um, Champions League, as we know, but I think, yeah, they don't have as, um, as good a record as what you would otherwise think. But I think that's just down to the strength of the league throughout the year. So playing those hard games all the time, sort of two, three games a week, um, is, is just difficult. Um, whereas if you're PSG, you're coming off one sort of one game a week, which you've cruised 4 0 to, and you can play your first team sort of in the, in the Champions League whereas um, the British clubs just don't sort of get that opportunity. So I think that's why you see the continental clubs do better in Europe than, say, the English clubs. But I think the actual leagues, if you look at them, they're just nowhere near as strong. What, do you agree with that? What, what do you think?
1: Uh, so I don't think those are farmers' leagues at all. Um, I'd just like to caveat that immediately. Um, no, I think, I think there's a balance there between um, – the, the quality of the leagues, I think the physicality is probably another aspect that's underplayed a little bit. So um, English football is very different considering the, like, geographical closeness, just to how physical it is um, mm-hmm. and how demanding it is. Like, the quality is obviously very good too, but, like, physically it's quite draining. And as you said, you can't rest players as much because you need to be, like, most games are, like, I think City and Liverpool have been fairly outstanding this year and are putting scores on that we haven't seen um, for some time, but generally you get a pretty competitive game week in, week out, um, yeah. and you might not get that in France or in Germany. But also I think there's an element of just how ingrained the success is at these clubs. So at Bayern Munich and PSG, like PSG have won however many straight, Bayern have won is it eight straight now. Like I think there's I think yeah. there's a lot to be said for that mentality that's been built over a significant period of time. Same with Juve. Like they just keep winning the league. Yeah. yeah, they get yeah. used to that winning mentality. And I think I think that's still um so important but not necessarily well understood. So that you can't you can't just sort of make that happen. It takes time to build that. And I don't think the Premier League clubs have been able to build that. Liverpool are sort of going there now and could be building some sort of I hate American sports terms, but dynasty. If they can maintain that city maybe but like it is it, I think a lot of it has to do with the mentality as well that helps them in those critical moments to get through in those big games
0: yeah see I, that's where I probably disagree with you I just think that the it's just too competitive there you, like I know you mentioned just briefly there that oh they might go on a dynasty run but when you look at it they've, they've really only won one Premier League title and you look at the Premier League winners over the last 10 years and there's sort of eight six, seven, however many different winners over, over that period of time. So I think, yeah, it's just more competitive um, in there, which is the, the biggest difference. In, saying
1: Klopp's as fake as his teeth. All right. football yeah. we'll right. out there. If you hate Sean, please feel free to email in. That's footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com. Let us know how much you hate Sean and think Klopp's a fraud. Um, Jeez. <laughs> next one. So this one, this one hits close to home. So the title of it is Harry Maguire. Um, So hello boys, love the pod. I was wondering, do United strip Harry of the captaincy based on his Mm. current Greek bare-knuckle fighting record? He is up 1-0 over Greek authorities with Woodward in talks for a rematch. However, the deal has hit a snag and the Greek promoters do not want Lingard as a makeweight. The question there is, do United strip Harry of the captaincy? Cheers, Dave.
0: Um, well, first of all, um, if he's fighting bare knuckle, I don't think he should be um, fighting the newest signing to bare knuckle, Paige Van Zandt. I think that's unfair. That's unfair. Um, and no, I don't, I don't think they should, Harry. I think he is um, he's too new to the captaincy. And, I mean, boys will be boys when they're on tour. Um, I think it's just a minor indiscretion. I think they'll throw some lawyers at it and cut someone a check. And I think everyone will move on with the next new cycle um very soon. So I don't think it's too big an issue for Ari. And um although one thing I wasn't sure of is when he walked out of the the Ross's um station, he had a, a COVID mask on, right? And so I'm not sure if he's got a Cover mask on to protect himself, or he actually um, caught one and, and lost a tooth or something like that. But no, nah, no issues here for Harry. What, what do you think? Would you um, rip that armband off him and give it to someone, say, a little bit more reliable like a Luke Shaw or someone like that?
1: <laughs> Luke Shaw, possibly. Um, no, I think I think they will take the captaincy off him. Really? I think, yeah, it's the publicity they don't need, and I think it's a nice excuse to make Bruno Fernandez captain. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of fanfare around how he's. You know, Lindelof's made the mistake in the Europa League and he stressed him down and Harry's been not struggling for form but maybe struggling a little bit under the weight of the price tag. Um, no. I, I think there'd be genuine consideration to take the captaincy off him. Um, but it's a fine balancing act for Ole to keep the squad harmony because it seems to be quite good right now. But I certainly think there'd be conversations because it's just not a good look for the club. Like, you just don't need that right now. There's so, and granted, apparently there's some circumstances there Sort of portray Harry in a more positive light, as in like (laughs) British tourists in Greece were abusing him. Um, Who would have thought British tourists going overseas to Greece would have ended poorly? Yeah, but um, yeah, I I think it's it's very possible. Um,
0: Yeah, I think it's possible. I think you got to you got to think of the the news story um, versus what actually happened. And I think if you're Harry and you're on um, you know a few hundred grand a week. Um, playing for Manchester United and someone's, someone's you know, giving someone a dust-up in over in Greece. I just don't think you just get involved in that. I think – and even if you did, you're probably more likely to be breaking it up than sort of putting his slab head on the line. So I think, yeah, the the new story versus actually what happened will be um, will be very different. And, you know, I think there's probably far more guilty parties there but because he's um Arry and they're not – um, his name gets dragged through the, the press. But so no, apparently, no there.
1: apparently there's a, a – the Greek or, Greek authorities have originally offered a €5,000 fine to Harry for the incident. Ed yeah. Woodward went over and negotiated. So apparently Harry's now looking at a $10,000 fine. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> it's going to be, be paid in installments. Um, And Phil Jones might have to go over there on a two-year loan.
0: Yeah, well, the Greeks have never done anything um, dodgy like that in terms of paying anyone off um, (laughs) the justice system, so there shouldn't be an issue there. But uh, who is that email from?
1: Uh, That's from Dave.
0: All right. Thanks, Dave. I'll file that, mate. (laughs) How are we looking, mate? Any more in there or is that it?
1: No, that's it. But if you want to get in touch with the show, please email us at footballplayedonpaper at gmail.com.
0: Very good. All right, that wraps this episode and it wraps the season. Um, we are going to go on a mini hiatus and we'll be back to preview all of the, the Prem, um, but that's it for now. Cheers, guys. See you, Job.
1: All right.